This is the ATP Tennis Radio Podcast. I'm Marcus Rashford. Hi, I'm Andy Murray. That sounds so bad. I know what it is. These are the worst things to do. And I am Seb Lozier, and this is your latest ATP Tennis Radio podcast at what would have been the halfway stage of Roland Garros. And in honour of that, we're with two of France's senior statesmen and most mercurial talents in Gail Monfils and Benoit Paire this week. Also, two of their brightest prospects in Hugo Humbert and Corentin Moutet. But first, after that introduction, how could we not start with Andy Murray comparing notes with Manchester United and England's Marcus Rashford on ATP Uncovered? One question I've got for you is just how your mentality sort of differs to, to mine in terms of being in a team sport and you being in an individual sport. I feel like in the individual sport, it puts quite a lot of, um, I don't know, you put quite a lot of pressure on yourself to perform. But I guess in a team sport, you know, you might play badly and the rest of your team plays great and you and you still win. Yeah. You know, in, in the team sports as well, you don't want to let your fans down. You don't want to let, you know, your teammates down as well. And it's one of the things that I've missed a little bit. Like when I played team sports at school growing up, like playing football and stuff with my friends, like... Yeah. I did love that, and I still enjoy the team competitions in, in tennis a lot, but it's, it is it is quite different because the, the losses as well that you have yeah. are maybe tougher because you don't have a you know really a group of people around you that are dealing with the yeah. same thing. And sometimes tennis you know, can feel a little bit lonely because you're, you know, you're traveling and you might be, you know, might be playing in Australia, for example, and all your family's back home. So it's not like when you lose a tough match, you then you know, you come back yeah, to your family or anything. Yeah. Um, there's there's pros and cons, I think, to both. But I, I love, you know, the fact that in tennis, that if you put in the, the work yourself, that you solely can influence um, the outcome of the, the match, not yeah, having to maybe rely on, you know, yeah. rely on other players as well. What do you think, you know, would be, would be tougher? Do you think taking a penalty, you know, to, to win the Champions League or like serving to, you know, to win the Wimbledon, Wimbledon title? I don't know. Like you say, um, the moment of a penalty is the one, the one time where sort of a footballer's mindset's in a similar mindset to what you just spoke about then. Um, you know, it's just you against the keeper and if you take a good penalty, you're going to score and, you know, ultimately win the game for, for your team. Um, but like you say, with, with tennis, you're doing that all the time against one opponent. I'd probably say he's a more in a rhythm of doing that. So I'd probably say the penalty is more difficult purely because there's not that many of them um, that come about in games. So I think as well, like one of the things that I would imagine I haven't done it myself, but it's unbelievably difficult. If you got a penalty at the end of a Champions League final, there would be like a good few minutes before you actually take it, and you know where the yeah. referees getting rid of all of the players and the crowd. You know, it's calming down and everything. That this, like, the focus just on that moment. Like, there's a really big build up to it. Like, the suspense, yeah. like, building up to it, as well as what probably creates a lot of that, like, pressure and drama. Like, 
if someone got fouled and immediately, like, 10 seconds later, you just went up and took the penalty, yeah. it would probably be a lot easier, but you have a lot of time to think as well yeah, when, yeah. when it comes to penalties, and that's... Yeah, that's one of the things that must be very tough, and especially in penalty yeah. shootouts as well. I remember one penalty I took against PSG, and it was literally like five minutes wait. Yeah. Because the referee was checking the the video back. Um, it was right know, at the end of the three. game as well, right? Yeah, it was, it was like, pretty yeah. much the last yeah. last kick of the game. I think that's when your mindset changes because when it's just a when you know it's a clear penalty and the referee blows the whistle, like you say, you can quite quickly just grab the ball, put it on the spot, take your run up and and you know, just it's just a normal a normal penalty then. But with this one you you sort of stood waiting. And for me I definitely had to change the way I approached the the actual penalty. Um yeah, that was when you sort of just prepare yourself for the moment and yeah, just try and relax and you know, you think about the times that you practice and you know, you want your head to be to be focused. And there's more from Messrs Murray and Rashford a little later as they surprise a key worker and sports fanatic battling COVID-19 on the front line. On iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and ATPTour.com, this is the ATP Tennis Radio Podcast. The world of tennis in Canada. This week's Tennis United show was a Canada fest with Milos Raonic, Jeannie Bouchard, Bianca Andreescu and Felix Auger-Aliassim, all Canadian, joining hosts Vasek Pospisil and Bethany Matek-Sands for a very Canadian chat. You can find that show on YouTube and the WTA and ATP websites. But having established somewhat of a tenuous link, let's find out a little more about Felix Auger-Aliassim and his rise through the tennis ranks. Auger-Aliassim... Gets tight to the baseline. Big return, and it's a clean yeah, winner. Sitsipas just lost yeah, his feet as he returned, and it's a, a modest celebration from the 18-year-old as he just keeps off ticking off. Great win after great win in 2019. So it all started with um, my dad. You know, he's, uh, he's a tennis coach, so I actually don't have no memories of not being in a tennis court. It's just always been a part of my life, uh, my family's life. Uh, I think from the age of three, four years old, I was just uh, on court with my dad. So I have great memories, you know, growing up, uh, being around the club, the courts. So it's always been a part of my life. And since then, I think my dad gave me his passion for tennis. And I just, uh, I kept I kept going and I kept uh, believing that uh, that was the good thing for me. I think since I'm seven, eight years old, I, I knew I wanted to be a professional player, so now I'm kind of just living my dream. Yeah. I always say that um, I never thought of doing anything else, which is kind of odd to say or weird to say to you know other teenagers that I see and that are you know finding themselves not really knowing what they want to do. And for me, it was kind of special because since I'm uh, yeah seven, eight years old, I knew what I wanted to do. I was never sure or never 100% sure. There was no guarantee that. I would make it, obviously, but uh, at the same time, I would never doubted myself that that's what I wanted to do. So I think since the day I decided that I wanted to do that as a career, I, I never looked back. So uh, I think that was something that helped me a lot. It was very strong. Any any setback, uh, any losses, I kind of just uh, put it aside because I knew I, I wanted to keep working, keep getting better. So I think that was uh, that's something that helped me a lot. It's not easy. In my case, uh, I was. You know, maybe pretty lucky to to get good results when I was uh, still young, you know, 14, 15. It's not the same for every player, but uh, I think for me it was just uh, the expectations that were high, you know, from 
for myself and from the people around since I'm, since I'm very young. So I think the tough part for me was to be maybe high in the rankings at 16, 17, and then, you know, a year like losing sometimes in challengers and in tournaments that I've won before and not being able to, to do things that, you know, other persons my age were doing. I think that was kind of a challenge for me to, to stick to my path and focus on, on what I had to do. And uh, when I did that, um, good things uh, kept happening. I'm a type of player that just, uh, you know, literally leaves his soul on the court. Uh, you know, I, I try to engage myself fully in what I'm doing every time I step on court. So I think whenever I'm there, I just try to leave it all. You know, as my parents would used to say, uh, anything that you're doing, it's worth doing, you know, 100%. And if you're not doing it uh, fully, then you might as well not do it. So I think that's really my mindset whenever I, I do something, step on court, I just try to do it uh, as best as I can. So obviously tennis for me is, um, is, uh, is, is everything. Yeah. yeah, obviously, yeah, your heart rate gets uh, faster. Um, you know, sometimes it happens that, you know, I don't know, before the serve, your hand is shaking a little bit. You know, it's things that have uh, happened to me. But I think the main thing that I've been able to do over the years is just being able to focus on what I have to do in my game. I think that's been the key for me, not focusing on anything else outside, not really focusing on, on the emotions coming, but really focus on, on playing and enjoying and, and staying in the game. I think that's been, uh, that's been the key to me to put the, the emotions aside. Yeah, it's, it's funny to talk about legacy, you know, even though I'm still 18, 19, um, starting my career, but uh, people will just uh, will get to know me over the years and, you know, will probably know that uh, uh, I want to leave a good example for the generation after. I want to, you know, inspire good, uh, kids to, you know, get interested into the sport. But further than that, you know, just being a good, uh, being a good citizen, I think, about uh, life in general. Three main words for me are, you know, respect, humility, and, and hard work. I think if you, if you have that in you, if you put that in place every day, you know, probably good things will, will happen. From a player starting out on his career to now a veteran hitting the form of his life. He's one of the most entertaining players on the ATP Tour. Benoit Paire has thrilled fans for years. And on the back of his most successful season in 2019, the Frenchman is once again making waves. It was a long season, very good for me, two titles since uh, this tournament in Marrakesh, with the confidence, with everything, uh, you know, we can make a good season. Then a new title in Lyon, so honestly for me it was a, a very good season. Simply immaculate. Being a tournament at home uh, in front of my family, my friend, is something special. I think uh, last year to, to get back in a great shape and I uh, won a lot of matches and uh, actually two titles, you know, so I think uh, it was a great achievement. Impeccable from Benoit Paire. The highs of last year have been savoured by a man who knows all too well the lows that injury can bring. His fight back from knee surgery five years ago has had a profound impact. It's very important to, to enjoy when everything is fine on court. Uh, it's never easy to play tennis for four or five years in a row. So uh, after my surgery in 2015, 
I had to, to recover a lot, to, to think about what to, to do, to enjoy more on court, to, to be more calm, and that's what I did. 2015, that new perspective, twinned with his immense talent, seems to be the perfect mix for the crowd pleaser, who's more focused than ever. He's not uh, far from his uh, best ranking now, and uh, hopefully he's going to reach it. I think uh, this year will be uh, a good year for him, and uh, important uh, to prove that uh, he's a very, very good player. Try to improve uh, and try to, to be, maybe, to, to have my best ranking. So, Benoit Paire hoping that the action and his own form resumes before too long. Thanks also to fellow entertainer Gael Monfils for his contribution towards the end there. He is one of the game's great characters, and fortunately for us, he spoke with Reem Aboulel just before the season was halted. Last year I had a great season, so I guess uh, you know we uh, we try with the team uh, to um, to keep pushing uh, that way. You know, try to uh, to find uh, you know always a good solution um, to improve my game. And uh, so far, it's working. So I'm very very happy with that. Back to back titles in Montpellier and Rotterdam. If we talk about those two weeks, what do you think was working particularly well for you? I guess I was very solid. I was very solid. Uh, was uh, I think uh, uh, in a great shape physically. I was uh, moving great on the court, so it's a help, big help for my game. Then uh, obviously, you know, uh, when uh, you start to be a bit more confident, you go a bit more for your shots, trying to uh, take a bit more risk. And um, I think uh, I had. Uh, this movement uh, was key, but also a bit of luck uh, that I was uh, confident to try a few shots on tough moments. From a very long time ago, I interviewed you, and I remember one of the first things you told me is that for you, it, you need to in, enjoy life on the court, off the court. The passion and the joy is a very big part for you. You try to stay relaxed as well, which in this sport is not easy. I see a lot of players around and they look stressed. <laughs> How have you managed that balance of putting goals for yourself, being serious, but at the same time maintaining that relaxed mentality? Is it a tough, a tough thing to balance? Well, it's never easy because, uh, you know, you, you've been judged still at uh, a very, um, very young age, you know, because uh, <laughs> you've been judged by people actually uh, all, the, all, the, all the time, you know, because uh, some people... Uh, made it, some people uh, didn't, and some people uh, always have uh, the good advice they think. Some people uh, don't know your situation, how you've been raised, uh, what's your view, why you play in tennis. So it was always uh, um, tricky and, 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 and fun to see, you know, uh, how, uh, how, you know, after years and years, how people uh, uh, look at uh, other players, myself, and and, uh, and analyze the, sometimes themselves. Me, you know, I've been raised in, in a way that uh, it was a blessing to play tennis. Uh, you know, people think uh, sometimes it's, uh, it was, uh, it's, it's, we, we're talented, it's gifted, but uh, heads up, guys. I mean, uh, nothing is gifted and nothing is uh, about talent. It's uh, all about uh, dedication, uh, work, uh, even people think you're not working hard. Uh, you 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 worked harder than 
everyone else because you are there and people sometimes they mis mistaken a little bit you know and people mistaken uh, working and win it's totally totally two different expect you know you can work very hard and not win or not have the result that you want because uh, <laughs> it's tough you know it's tough and and then for all the players on the tour uh, future challengers and uh, on the main tour I think it's, it's, it's those guys they're working you know they've been working uh, till a very young age you know and and sometimes people they, they're mistaken about uh, about some I don't know some saying and stuff because uh, from day one you know I uh, you know if I'm here now is uh, because I worked hard and uh, because uh, also something that uh, people forget is my parents worked very hard they fought very hard you know to uh, to uh, just uh, bring me the, the possibility of me to sing to be um, one day playing tennis at the top level you had a lot of attention on you from a young age because in juniors already you were really really good so when did you start not paying attention to the kind of judgment that you mentioned um, is that something that came with age the ability to just not look at what people are saying about you from day one you know I think uh, for myself from day one you know uh, I guess uh, I was different I'm different for many reasons some are very obvious so from day one you know I, uh, I was uh, I was uh, not really paying attention And you mentioned people don't know, not everyone knows why you play tennis. In, in a few words, why does Gael Monfils play tennis? Because I love the sport, you know. I'm a, I'm a sport lover, you know, and definitely my sport that I choose is tennis, you know. But uh, I really love sports. I really love, uh, you know, uh, being uh, around uh, uh, athletes, uh, I really love track and field, soccer, I mean football, um, basketball. Uh, I think every sport, you know. I, I just a, a, a sportman inside, you know, and uh, and I choose this one because uh, it's the one that uh, you know I've been uh, I've been playing uh, from a young age with uh, football, with uh, you know, with judo, with uh, basketball, and it's the one that felt like uh, the happiest and. Uh, And yeah, I play tennis because uh, I love the game. I heard you mention that you want to break the top five for the first time. How big of a goal is it? Oh, no, really, you know. Uh, my biggest goal, to be honest with you, is uh, to stay on the top ten. You know, that's uh, the biggest goal. And, uh, you know, you always, uh, like, it's a goal, but it's a dream. Dream goal is to win a slam, you know. And uh, the top five, uh, we say top five, uh, as I say, just a week, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be good, you know, because uh, I've been six uh, for a few weeks and uh, we say, okay, if we have to pick a number, uh, let's say five, you know. For me, the goal is really to, uh, to uh, if I can stay on the top ten, that's, that's be, uh, that'd be nice. Do you feel, there are a lot of fans who follow you and always say, Gael can be a Grand Slam winner, Gael can be number one, all of these things, I'm sure you've heard it. For you personally, do you ever get stuck in a moment where you're thinking, maybe I could have something, done something better, or do you feel that you always did the best you could? 
You know, my answer is very easy. You know, it's uh, those guys are better than me, better players, stronger than me. You know, so exactly. You know, it's not because of some people see potential that you have to win. You know, and as I mentioned, is uh, only three guys in this area who won a Grand Slam: Stan, Silic, Marian Silic, and uh, Juan Martin Del Potro. So that's that's few and. And I think it's so many uh, others have potential as well, you know, and uh, and this struggling like me, you know, and uh, at the end, you know, it's uh, it's more a fact that uh, those guys be much much better tennis player than me, you know. So you know, most of people, as I said, they don't know me, they don't know anything. So because uh, I'm different and uh, I have a different view, they will use it in a way that I'm not working hard, I'm not this, I'm not that, blah, 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 but at the end, who wins? <laughs> it's not like, you know, everybody is winning and I'm not winning, you know, so it's pretty fun and most of the time it's, 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 uh, it's people that don't even uh, care about me because uh, if someone really cares about me, uh, he will come and talk to me, he will come help my team, he will actually try to find out anything, you know, people uh, most of the time they're talking, they, they don't know anything, so I just want to say to my fans that uh, if, I, if I didn't win uh, Roland Garros is uh, because uh, I wasn't a, a good enough player yet, hopefully one day I'll be, you know, if I have an opportunity, but uh, just because I wasn't a uh, good enough to, to win a slam. The wonderful Gail Monfils, and you can listen to my recent chat with his coach, Liam Smith, in our back catalogue of episodes. Liam's in there along with many players and coaches who've been generous with their time in recent weeks. So Monfils with a number of lessons for youngsters there, two of whom have come up very recently through the French ranks. Stretching on the one-handed slices, Hugo Umber is being pulled left and right, just gets that back into play. Big forehand into it from Ina, then a deep backhanded reply from Umber, who's scampering towards the net, up goes the defensive lob, it's going to land out! Brilliant from Umber to turn defence into attack! I started tennis when I was five years old. I wanted to play because my father did and I liked it right away. I decided quite quickly that I wanted this to become my profession. I left for the Federation at the Pole France in Poitiers when I was 12. I was living in Metz and therefore it wasn't very close. I had to take the train for four hours. I was lucky that my parents gave me the choice to leave. I took the decision to leave because it was really what I wanted to do. My parents didn't come to visit me very often in Poitiers because they had to work. Since I was injured, I sometimes spent the weekends at home. It wasn't easy not to play tennis, with tennis the reason for me being there. Something was missing. And of course family is important as well. Very important. I was injured for almost one and a half years because of growth injuries. I was growing a lot. Sometimes I thought about stopping, but when I told my parents about it, they told me it was my decision. 
that I decide. I liked very much what I did, so I kept fighting and thinking that it was improving and that I could play again soon. I had a strong character already back then. That's also why the coaches believed in me and kept me, even if I hadn't played for a year. It wasn't easy, but I always thought about the fact that I really love tennis. First of all, tennis is a game for me. It's fun. That's also why I love tennis. But for me, it also means that it is a personal challenge. I really want it. It's more like a fulfillment. I want to prove myself that I can do great things in this sport. It's also because of that that I love tennis and that I enjoy being on court every day, practicing and fighting against my opponents. That's what I love more than anything about tennis. I do sometimes think about where I came from to arrive where I am now. I was lucky to have the right people around me and to have made the right decisions, met the right people who helped me to improve and become who I am today. I think it's important for me to leave a mark. I would like to show my values. I'm humble and hardworking. I'm happy with what I'm doing. I don't forget where I came from. I want people to see that I enjoy myself when they watch Hugo Humbert. I want them to play as well. Or that they want to try at least when they watch. I wouldn't speak about sacrifices even if there has to be some. I think it's a choice and a pleasure. And also a dream. I've always dreamt to do this. So when I take tough decisions, I don't forget why I'm doing this. It's because I really want to become a tennis player. So for me it's important. It's not a sacrifice. I think I worked for this, and if I'm here today, I don't think it is unbelievable, because I really wanted it to happen, and I've worked for it. That's the most important thing. I'm always curious to see what will happen next, if I will continue to do my job, to work hard. And I think that nice things can happen. Thank you. You're listening to the ATP Tennis Radio Podcast. I really enjoyed this game since the first day, I remember. and. Yeah, all my friends were, were playing, uh, all my family, and uh, so it was uh, always a chair moment together. Mute plays up the line, Djokovic should go over his head, he does. Mute, tweener, over the top, oh, he made it! How did he do that? The tweener lob over the head of Novak Djokovic and it was good! I hold my first racket when I was three years old. Uh, I remember my mom by the buy me a racket just uh, to play with them uh, during the weekend and uh, I think uh, that's when uh, I start. Yeah, it's important. Uh, I think uh, when you begin, just uh, you can share uh, your, your passion with, uh, with all the people you love. So it's always 
always a really good and a good feeling. For me, uh, I like to share good moments and uh, bad moments as well, of course, but uh, the good moments with my family and with my friends, it's really important to me. Of course, it's, uh, it's uh, tough now to, because I need to play more tennis than uh, when I began and when, when I was younger, so it's not that easy than before. But uh, yeah, I try to, to, to share the moment with, uh, with them on court and off court uh, as, uh, as much as I can. It's not easy every day, of course, but uh, it's, uh, it's a different, uh, different life, I would say. No, not, not better, but uh, different. And uh, it's nice because all my friends are doing uh, school and, uh, and uh, other things, but uh, they understand that I, I, I can't go out all, all the time and I can't uh, do like a student life. Uh, <laughs> I can have fun every, every day uh, and every night. So yeah, I need to focus uh, on tennis and BLC, and they they understand that, so it's it's much easier for me. Uh, they help me a lot uh, in the in this situation, uh, and uh, we are traveling a lot. And uh, when you're a student, you you can't travel uh, that much, and uh, there is good thing and bad thing in our life. But uh, I really enjoy the the good thing and the bad thing. Sometimes it's uh, it's tougher, but uh, I try to do my best with uh, to deal with this. Well, I'm, uh, I'm lucky because uh, in France uh, there is the fe strong federation who help the players a lot. So when I was uh, 12 years old, I moved in the south of France to a center with uh, many players uh, from France in my age and uh, like two, three years older. It was the beginning of the ITF tournament and uh, Tennis Europe tournament. So that, that's where I, I start to travel a lot with uh, all the players and uh, I just saw that uh, there is many players around the world and not only in France. I had some tough losses but I, I, I learned a lot. Uh, it built myself, it built my game and uh, it's because of those losses that uh, I, uh, I managed to, to improve my, my game. In my family, who they're not really into uh, tennis. I mean, they are playing but uh, not, as, not uh, professional. They're not playing every day. and. Uh, they help me in life and when uh, I have bad moments in life or on court, they help me and they're always here to speak with me and speak about uh, these uh, difficulties and um, yeah, definitely my family, my brother, my sister and parents. You know, you, you just start to play tennis uh, and then uh, year by year you, you just continue to play and you're getting better and better, you win some matches and uh, it, it's fun, it's fun to win matches and to to see how all the players, you know, since a long time are improving as well and uh, play against all great players. And uh, for me, it's an inspiring life. You, you, you learn every day uh, about yourself and about the others. So it's, I think it's just about this. I like the tough moment on court when you're feeling bad and uh, you are under pressure. I, I really like those moments. During, on court, it's like it's uncomfortable, but it's at the end uh, you just learn about yourself and uh, you are a better person at the end of the day and a better player. And I, I really like those moments. I think it's uh, good for the for the mind to to open the, your mind and uh, challenging me every day. And uh, and I like this. It's uh, all about tennis all day. So if I think about how can I hit to be a better player and uh, stay healthy, of course, and uh, the fitness, the the tennis practice, the everything. You need to sleep to recover from the day. You just need to, to, to think different and think about tennis first and then, uh, then every, everything uh, come to second plan. I want to try to, 
inspire many people uh, around the world uh, when they are watching tennis, just to make them uh, like uh, these sports. And uh, yeah, I want to be remembered uh, like uh, as a fighter, as a player who never give up and uh, give everything on the court, and uh, with bad moment and good moment, but always here to to play until the last point to inspire many people and uh, make them want to to push more in, in their life and uh, I want them to believe in themselves. That's good? Okay. Corentin Moutet and before him Hugo Humbert both surely destined to play many matches at Roland Garros in the years to come. We end this week though where we started with tennis and football united. All right, guys, we are going to surprise a fan now. Um, her name is Debbie Thorburn. Uh, she is a community nurse from Scotland. She doesn't actually know that this is going on, so let's surprise her. Hi, oh, is that Debbie? Hi. Hi, it's Andy Murray. <laughs> Hi, How Andy. Are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good, thank you. There's someone else on the line as well. Yeah, hiya, <laughs> Debbie. It's me, Marcus Rashford. I think I've been well and truly set up here. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, yeah. What are your days looking like just now? I do night shift. I'm regular night shift with the Out of Hours District Nursing Service. So we are really, really busy at the moment because um, we are going into care homes. We've seen a lot of unfortunate COVID patients who who are terminally ill and at the end of their lives. So that's really, really difficult. It, it's quite harrowing, yeah. At the moment, it's really, really difficult. I was actually told just now that you're a big uh, rap and a Dal fan, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> My husband does like you. <laughs> oh. And I heard that you're a, a big United fan as well, Debbie. Yeah, Marcus, I've been a United fan since my sister took me to my first game at nine years old, long, long time ago. Um, and yeah, I've read ever since, watched every game. Obviously, I can't get to all the games, can't get to many, yeah. but I watch every game on the telly or listen on the radio. Yeah, absolutely diehard red. <laughs> what was the first game that you went to? Oh, gosh. Um, it was when they were relegated down to Division 2. I mean, I can't yeah. even remember um, what game it was. But I know <laughs> um, at that time, Georgie Best was still playing. Yeah. <laughs> That's how that long, long time ago. The guys told us that you you've been to Wimbledon once before. Is that right? I've actually managed to go three times, but the last time was just two years ago. Um, I surprised my husband for his 60th birthday. Um, unfortunately, he didn't get to see you. He would have loved to have seen you, but we um, we got to see Roger instead. <laughs> oh, oh, that's that's probably better. Did you get to see Rafa at Wimbledon at all? I have, yeah. In previous years when I've been, I've been, uh, I've seen Rafa, yeah, and once at Queens. So that was absolutely amazing. Brilliant. I have seen you as well, Andy, previously. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Debbie. Thanks for all the work you're doing. You're welcome. Thanks, Andy. Thank you very much as well. Uh, we all appreciate the work that you do, Anne. Thanks. Take care, both of you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Sentiments shared by us all, wherever we are. That is it for this week. Please join us next week. In the meantime, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review. Get in touch on Twitter. That's at ATP Tennis Radio. For now, though, stay safe. We'll see you next week. 
If you like this podcast, please search the iTunes store for ATP Tennis Radio to leave a review. review.